You're now listening to the I Got Fired Last Week podcast, where we discuss the challenges and opportunities around being out of work. If you're feeling lost, overwhelmed, uninformed, or simply uninspired, there's something here for you. I'm your host, Sam Eremarin, and along with my guests, we're here to walk on this journey together. Stay tuned. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode three of I Got Fired Last Week, (laughs) where we are discussing everything from redundancy to, I guess, Oh, what would you call it? Redundancy to rebuilding. You know, um, for those who are listening to this for the first time, I got made redundant or I got fired. Maybe not last week now. It's the week before. (laughs) And um, we've been tracing a journey, firstly, of who I am and how I am. But secondly, of the emotions behind what it means to get fired, which is for somebody to say to you, hey, We no longer require or need your services and your contracts here will be terminated. And um, I got really vulnerable last week and I shared my heart and my mind around that. Um, What I want to do this week, I want to make it a bit more practical, which is when a person gets made redundant, especially from a large organization. um, Oh, actually, you know what I will do? Let me take a step back. Redundancy isn't always a thing. Redundancy only happens usually in the UK by law once you've been working at a place for six months. So that's important because somebody may say, well, no, I was at a place for like 12 weeks and they just got rid of me. Like they just didn't, (laughs) what you're talking about did not happen to me. I just, we don't need you anymore. Um, Also, I think the rules are a bit different when it comes to zero hour contracts or fixed term contracts, etc. So please, everything I'm saying to you, go and speak to a lawyer, go and speak to an expert, make sure that you speak to someone who knows and understands this stuff. I am just a podcast guy. So I don't need to be like, no, because I remember there was one guy who was saying that, listen, I can only tell you about the contract that I've read. <laughs> I can only tell you, you know, like those podcasts that say, this is not financial advice. In the exact same way, I'm going to tell you, listen, this is not legal advice. Please speak to um, a solicitor. Please speak to your legal representative. Speak to someone who knows the stuff way more than this guy. Thank you. But um, for those who have been at a company longer than six, oh, man, the thoughts are flowing. That's why for many people, you'll see that they give you six-month probations. It's easy for them to give you a six-month probation because they know that they can get rid of you easier within those six months. You know, so they'll kind of be like, "Mm, maybe, mm, maybe, mm, maybe. If you pass probation, okay, cool. Now you're a full-time staff member, which means if we got rid of you, then we would have to pay for redundancy. Very, very different from if they keep you on probation up to six months, because then it can just be like, well, I mean, if at the end of five and a half months, we don't think it works, we can just get rid of you easily and we don't have to pay out. That's the strategy. So now for anybody who's looking in your contracts and wondering, why have they got a six-month review? Or why do we have a six-month probation? Or where's the? why do we have like this six-month check-in? Usually because of that. Because after six months, especially where I worked in, which was financial services and technology, after that six months, you're now a full-time employee, which means if they want to get rid of you, it's significantly harder. It's even harder still once you've been there for two years. But I had been at that place for three and a half years. So what they gave me was something that you call a settlement agreement. And that's what I want to speak about today. Um, 
this is going to be educational, informational, but also biographical as well. Um, I'll walk you through my journey. Um, again, redundancy, you're no longer needed or you're no longer useful. And that may happen due to restructuring, due to you reaching the end of a project, due to the company wanting to go in a different direction. Um, sometimes there's just no money left, put very bluntly. Um, but there's a few things which are necessary when a company wants to get rid of you. The first thing is that it should be fair. And by fair, I mean non-discriminatory. A company is not allowed to get rid of you based on your gender, based on your race, based on your age, based on your faith, based on disability, all of those things. They have to be able to justify that it is a non-discriminatory redundancy. If they can't do that, you can push back, you can sue. So that's the first thing. In this settlement agreement, which is basically speaking about now you've left, here's what we do, here's what this means, etc. It should be um, laid out to you very plain at the fact that this is non-discriminatory. Here are the reasons. And I mean, they might make up the reasons and they might come up with some corporate spiel due to the global direction of the blah, 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 blah. Sure. But read between the lines and really, if you feel like mm, this is giving a bit, they've been pressing on about my age, my age, my age, my age, or for example, a pregnant woman, if they try to say, hey, we're going in another direction because we know that there's a child that's coming, et cetera, or you're of childbearing age, et cetera, that might be a red flag. It might be something to speak about. So that's the first thing. The second thing that is important to understand that these settlement agreements, they're legally binding. So they they are terms and conditions which surround your redundancy. It's not like companies can't just wake up in the morning and just be like, thanks, Sam, it's been fun, bye. That's not how it works. Um, the settlement agreement protects you, but it also protects them. They're trying to make sure that you don't wake up in the morning and go and tell Channel 4 or the BBC, here's all the corporate secrets, here's everything they're doing, they're planning all of these things, it's going to be crazy. So they need to protect themselves, but you also need to make sure that you're protected. So don't ever, and I would say this about any contract, don't let any company give you a contract that you read through and think, I uh, don't know about that thing. I'd say if you have questions, ask questions. Address these things to make sure that you're comfortable with, because listen, you're signing this. You're signing this. And I I have this thing. I never want us to be kind of nonchalant about signing contracts. Yeah, it should be fine. Like I'm, for those who don't know, I'm also a musician. So if you were to speak to many musicians who sign 360 contracts, for those that know, no, who sign 360 contracts, they'll tell you, man, read your paperwork. Because they'll tell you that they didn't realize that they only get 5% of the money that comes in. Or they, they didn't realize that actually the advance that they pay you is a loan, which needs to get paid off. Anyway, that's, <laughs> that's a whole other point that we can talk about a whole other time. But please, these agreements that they put in front of you, read them. Don't just be like, oh, they said that they're going to give me a thousand pounds. Cool, man. Like, make sure you're reading through them and saying, what are the terms and conditions that I'm actually bound to? Um, and I would say, hey, man, speak to an expert. And the reason why I would speak to an expert is because usually you'll find out that there are some restrictions. Firstly, there's finances that you need to incorporate. I've been here for a particular amount of time. Therefore, we're going to give you this much money redundancy. But also, for this much money redundancy, here's what you can't do. Can't speak to the news, can't tell anyone trade secrets, can't do any of that sort of stuff. And they will sue you. They will. 
they, what you may find, and this happens to many people, they might throw a non-compete. And a non-compete in your contract says, you can't compete with that company in that area for maybe a year. So let's say that they are a, a bank. If you now want to go and say, I've seen what you did, I'm going to go and start a bank. You may have it in your contract that says you're not allowed to do that for a year. You may have a non-disclosure, which says that nothing which you saw in and around that company, you can speak about publicly to anybody other than maybe your partner. So these are all super, super important things that you make sure that you read through and you understand. Ignorance is something that like, they just won't accept it in a court of law. They will 100% come for you. I didn't know, I didn't know, I didn't know. They're like, that's a you problem. That's a you problem. And you guys are my tribe. I wouldn't want you to end up in these weird, weird, weird situations where people are now coming for you because you breached a part of the contract that you didn't read. It's not fair to you, but also you don't want to set yourself up for it. So here's my experience. Remember, I've been through this twice. So I've had two settlement agreements in front of me, which are two separate agreements where somebody has said, um, you know, we would like you to leave because listen, part of redundancy is the fact that it's involuntary. This isn't, I went and handed in my notice. This is, they have said to me, we would like you to leave or we, we no longer need you. So I've had two in front of me, one from a consultancy, that startup, and the second from the company that I work for right now. First experience at the consultancy, it was a super complex process, which was, I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't understand what it was actually saying. I didn't understand any of the restrictions. Um, and my solicitor was just poor. <laughs> like, Thankfully, as part of the contract, they said, okay, Sam, we will pay this much towards a solicitor so that you can get legal advice. I said, cool, man. I remember I was walking in the city of London. I didn't know who to call. So I Googled like employment solicitor and I had a list of a thousand, wherever it is. So I went, mm, you chose one and I'm sitting in someone's office and it's a, a man. <laughs> you know, when you want to use identifying features, it, it's a man and he's a, um, a senior fee earner, a C, senior solicitor. And he's like, so are you happy with blah, 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 blah. I'm like, uh, yes. And are you also happy with blah, blah. And I remember he had this voice recorder. So he kind of just put it on the table and I'm sitting opposite him and I'm in my little suit. Are you happy with this? Yes. Are you happy with this? Yes. He pressed a stop. Okay. That concludes your legal advice. As you said that you're happy with everything that we've been saying, um, you're happy to sign and yeah, that's cool. We'll send the bill to the company. I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, what in the world? Like, I remember walking out feeling so disillusioned. Like what, what even happened? Was that legal advice? The guy basically said, are you happy? Are you happy? Are you happy? I didn't know what I was doing, but I was a kid. Um, this second process was significantly easier. And the reason why it was easier is my good friends at ChatGPT. Now, <laughs> you know, insert some super cool endorsement where they... <laughs> <laughs> we have to read a script, but no, um, I literally, I kid you not. I literally, I Googled and I chat GPT everything that I didn't understand in the contract. Um, and I was able to summarize a lot of those things really just so I can get my head around it. Cause I didn't want to feel like how I felt before. Um, 
I also had a really good solicitor and this solicitor, they were online, but they were able to really walk me through the process and give me proper legal advice. So I know the things I can and can't say. Also understand this. I'm not, not slander. Yeah, I guess I'm not, not. It's not that I'm not slandering the company because of the contract I signed, because actually like the inky, the ink hasn't even dried on that yet. <laughs> we haven't even finished our process. Um, I'm being genuine when I'm saying that they're good people. The organization, that's them. I I didn't really, you know, it is what it is as work. But the people that I worked with, um, every individual that I engaged with, and even like the corporate policies and all that sort of stuff is super fair. It's super fair. Like I, I want to, in my anger, say, yeah, man, they're real, but they're not. You know, I'm not going to, I don't want to be fake mad. I don't want to throw a tantrum on stuff that just... I mean, like they're genuinely good people and I had a really, really good experience. Even in the redundancy when I was filling out the settlement agreement and we were saying, here's how much money we're going to exchange, etc. Like they were super, super cool with it. So um, yeah, like I guess I'm, I'm saying all of this to just say, firstly, don't be intimidated by the process. I know that when they give you a contract and say, sign this, it can be like, oh my gosh, go and get legal advice. Oh my gosh. Like, what am I signing? What are they saying? I would say, don't be afraid to look like a fool in front of your solicitor. That's what I didn't do the first time. I was like, yeah, 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 I'm happy. Yeah, yeah. I was still fighting the fact that I didn't want to be made redundant. I was still fighting the fact that I was angry and I was upset and all that sort of stuff. This one, I went in with a bit more of a level head. So I just said, do you understand that? No, no, I don't. I have no idea. Um, can you explain it, please? What does it mean? What are the repercussions? What happens if, what happens if, what happens if? I asked a bunch of questions. So don't be intimidated. It's okay. Um, these processes happen every day. Employment solicitors should know what they're doing. Don't be afraid to go in there and act like you don't. The moment that you go in there and say that you know what you're doing, then something could go over your head and you'll miss it because of pride. Um, next, it's a negotiation. It's a negotiation. So if you read through the settlement agreement and there are things that you don't like, don't be afraid to push back. Don't be afraid to push back. I don't like this line. Um, I feel like based on the years of service, I would like more money if that's what you're looking for. Um, I don't like the fact that there's a non-compete there for six months. I want it removed. And now you can go through the discussions, usually probably like with your solicitor and their solicitor, and there can be like a bit of a, back and forth to make sure that everybody's happy. But that's exactly what it is. It's an agreement. So don't be afraid to negotiate. Um, you don't need to accept the terms that are placed in front of you, even if it's a big, bad, scary corporate firm. I know many people who have pushed back and who have made sometimes double, even triple their redundancy payout because they've been like, no, 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 no. We're not going to do that. I don't like that number because of this, 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 this. And of course you have to do your homework because of this, 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 this. Um, the industry trends show that redundancy pay should be around this area. You're saying it's this area. I'd like it to be there. They might come back and be like, we can't do that, but we can meet in the middle. It's a negotiation. And put very bluntly, there's nothing else to lose. You've already been fired. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it kind of is what it is. The worst they can say is no. It's not like they can be like, well, we're going to put you on um, another performance. Put me on what you want. <laughs> I don't work here anymore. <laughs> you're like I didn't go in there and just like kick over the plant <laughs> but yeah like it's a negotiation you're good um uh thirdly 
and I guess most importantly is you're going to have to stick to this contract. So you're going to have to be happy with it. Um, because if you break it, they will come after you. They will. If you can be like, yeah, I signed this contract and they gave me money, but I don't even care. I'm just going to go to competitor X and I'm just going to tell them everything, etc. Be very, very careful. Be very, very careful. Again, not everybody gets a settlement agreement. So some of you may be listening to this thinking like, well, cool, man. Like no one asked me, no one giving me any redundancy money. But I would say that if somebody does offer this to you, and I guess you don't know who you're speaking to, right? There's going to be people here who have been made redundant or who have been asked to leave a company after four months. But there's going to be people who have been there for 25 years and they're just going to be like, man, they're coming to me and they're saying they're going to give me, you know, a thousand pound. But for the 25 years of service, I think I want more. I don't know what to do. I mean, you can literally go down the legal route and you can seek legal advice and you can push for more and you can prove that you've done some really cool work and you've added this much value to the organization. So here's the ways that you would like to be compensated. So, yeah, I know this isn't a long one, but it's something that scared me. And also when I've spoken to people, scared them as well. They didn't necessarily know what it meant. And when someone sent them this long 25 page contract with can't do this, can't do this, can't do this. They've really been kind of taken back. I've received phone calls like Sam, like, what does this mean? Like, I, <laughs> which is so sad, right? Hey Sam, you've been made redundant. <laughs> you know this thing, right? What does that mean? It's like, uh, sure. Yeah, I can, <laughs> I can help a bit. Um, I'd like to hope that I'm, I don't do this so many times that I become a master of it, but sure I can help in any way. Um, but yeah, the three things that I want to leave you with, because listen, as I'm sure you can tell, I like a number. I love lists. I love walking through things and saying the three things, there's four things, there's five things. It just helps me process in my mind because if not, we would have chaos. Um, three things that I want you to remember. And I'm probably going to try and say this at the end of every podcast. One, you're not alone. Two, you're probably not the issue. And three, you'll be okay. You're not alone. We are a community of people who have all been through this. And as we walk through this, I want you to know that this tribe is going to support you. I'm going to support you where I can answer any questions that you have and also raise any topics that you feel like we need to discuss. Um, you may not be the issue. Sometimes you just haven't found what it is that you need to do. Let's be honest. Some of us just took on these jobs for money, like the financial incentives that we can get. I find it so strange, right? Small caveat. I find it so strange that many of us are in positions that we decided when we were 14. Because let's be honest, you, when you were doing your SATs, they gave you options. Your options determined your GCSEs. Many of your GCSEs determined your A-levels. Your A-levels determined your degree and your degree determined your career. So how many of us at 14 years old, choosing history instead of geography, knew what we wanted to do or knew what we wanted to be? So it's okay to wake up in the morning and just be like, listen, I think the reason why I've been made redundant from this place is because I'm just not doing the right thing. And that's okay. I just, I thought it was that. I've always, like, I don't know anyone who like, as a 14 year old, I love marketing. Marketing is everything to me. It's all I've ever wanted to do as a child. No, I love HR. There's nothing like it. What we usually do is I want to be a doctor at 14. It's like, sure. <laughs> All I knew, I'll never forget. Okay, so here's my journey. I woke up. Um, I hadn't chosen my GCSEs. I didn't know what I was, no, no. 
GCSEs, I was okay. It was A-levels. I hadn't chosen my A-levels. My mum came back with a printout and it showed um, the top three salaries that people get. Number one was investment banker. Um, this was super, super early. So I asked one of my uncles, um, what do you need to do to be an investment banker? And I remember it was like maths, economics, and accounting. I kid you not. I went to university. I mean, I went to college and I studied maths, economics, and accounting. I There was no, do I like the subject? Is it cool? Is it not? Am I good at it? Is it not? I literally just chose it because I wanted to be an investment banker. In my first job, I worked with investment bankers and said I would never touch that job. I said, it's ridiculous. Yes, they pay you 100K, but they take six days of your like six days of your week. You probably miss birthdays, weekends, your uncle. Like it, it, it's crazy. So I remember like, I was just like, I'm going to have to figure out pretty quickly what I want to do because I don't think it's that. And I wonder how many of us are on that same journey where we're really waking up and saying, if I'm honest, I probably don't like doing this thing, but I'm good at it now because I've been doing it for so long. A redundancy is a perfect opportunity for you to say to yourself, nah I'm gonna probably just figure out what I want to do it's a bit easier um so yeah you may not be the issue that's what I was getting back to <laughs> you might not be the issue it might just be that you're not aligned with the work that you're doing and that's okay and the third one you'll be all right I'll be all right I'm here doing a podcast so <laughs> I guess that's my step towards being all right and I'm sure you will be too um yeah that's what I have to say um I love you all. Honestly, I love you all. Um, I love the fact that we get to do this to, together. I used to have 90 days. I'm sure I have closer to about 83. So <laughs> so please stream this, listen to it, um, share it. Oh, I feel like one of those YouTube guys. Like, share, subscribe, the thumb thing and the the bell thing. <laughs> I don't know if that works to say one podcast, but yeah, please tell somebody about it. If you know someone who's been made redundant, just send it to them and say, Hey man, listen to this. There's a tribe of people who are walking with you and we'll be all right in the end. Have an absolutely amazing week. I'm sure we'll speak soon. I am your host, Samuel Emeran.